Welcome to the Bear Marriage Podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from tolovehonorandvacuum.com, where we like to talk about healthy, evidence-based biblical advice for your marriage and your sex life. And I am joined today by my daughter, Rebecca Lindenbach. Hello. I'm hoping we're just going to have fun today, Becca. This is one that I have been talking about on walks for a long time. Yes. What we do is we go on walks. Because I have two kids. With my grandkids, her kids. And we just rant. Yes. And this is something which is your favorite rant. Yes. And this is, we have to do this all in code at this point because I have a verbal son. Right. (laughs) But, okay. I have a theory that I believe has been pretty proven at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. That, first of all, I want to explain what a yes space is before I get into this. So I'm a parent, have a toddler and a baby. There's this Montessori concept of creating a yes space for your children, which means in essence, you're not constantly running after them saying, don't touch that. No, not there. Don't touch that. That's not for you. Right? Mm -hmm. So... Any cabinets they can't go into have a baby lock on it. Uh, everything is like at their level so they don't have to climb dangerously to go get things. Mm-hmm. In essence, it's an environment that is created so that they can't fail. Right. Right? So, and it's 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 been a fantastic way of doing parenting for our family. Okay, so you give your kids a yes space so they get to do what they want and explore and they can't fail. Yeah, in essence, it's an environment that is entirely curated to the child. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly inconvenient for everyone else, mm-hmm. but it's perfect for the kid. And it reduces the amount of time that you spend... Saying no. Saying no, and, and you don't have to follow along after them yeah. quite so much. Exactly. Right. So it's good, yeah. I think evangelical sex advice mm-hmm. the goal is to create a yes space for men okay in but not just sex advice like just marriage mm-hmm. life in general its design is to be a yes space for men so men never have to hear no right and on today's podcast what we want to do is we're just going to talk about this this isn't highly scripted no Beck and i we missed the podcast where we just get to talk because the last few have been heavy and we've had to do a lot of research for them like the stats one yeah and the point so this is just us venting and ranting and having yeah. some fun we need some fun we really we've been really tired the last few months <sighs> been exhausted. yes getting getting um our manuscript in for she deserves better and so in june i said becca i just want to talk about stuff that i want to talk about mm-hmm. and so june on the blog we're doing libido yeah all you know what what wrecks a woman's libido what to do when she has the higher libido like all these things like let's just talk about libido and that's all leading up to the re-release of our boost your libido course yes which will be happen at the end of the month which is exciting mm-hmm. we're putting the final touches on that but yeah i just want to get to talking about the things that that we're both really passionate about mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we find fun to talk about and one of those today is yes spaces have we created Yes spaces for men when it comes to sex advice and marriage advice. So should we tell them about why I started talking about this? Sure. Let's go for it. So back in October, Mm -hmm. uh, Married Sex by Gary Thomas and Deb Felita was released. Right. And as we've already discussed multiple times, there are there are some problematic or cringy or just flat out erotic Mm -hmm. elements in that book, um, which are very uncomfortable. Yes, we did a podcast about the weird erotica. I'll put a link into that. Yeah, there's also the weird postpartum stuff about how she gets she gets aroused giving him handjobs postpartum. We recorded that one when you were four weeks postpartum, four days, I think. No, two. You were very postpartum. I was was postpartum. I don't know. It's all a blur. (laughs) It's all a blur of pads. (laughs) And nipple cream, okay? (laughs) Um, Anyway, but he wrote this little excerpt. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess a warning, it's also very erotic. 
because yeah. it's it's far more descriptive than it needs to be. So again, if you're someone who struggles, I just know we have a lot of people who struggle with erotica and mm-hmm. erotic content mm-hmm. who listen. So maybe just skip ahead about or just read it in a very not erotic voice. <laughs> okay. Should I read it as a British school mom? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> You can create all kinds of different experiences. You've soaked up behind him in the shower and one hand is going up his abdomen while the other is busy down below. You're lying next to him and start stroking his face while your other hand is stroking something much farther south. He's lying on the bed and one of your hands is busy on his shaft while another hand is using a soft scarf or even a makeup brush on his testicles. And... The makeup brush on his testicles thing went quite viral on on Facebook. Yeah, because people were just like, my makeup brushes? Really? Mm -hmm. First of all, I do want to say, I have zero, like, none of us have zero problem if a couple wants to, like, do sensory play stuff. Yeah, but the way to write it is very different. Yeah, like, we even, in in our orgasm course, we talk about how you can use sensory play to help arouse and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you can, you know, find things that are soft, you know, find, even if you did it in a list, right? Like, makeup brushes, silk ties, feathers, you know, use them on your genital area, the nipples, whatever. You can, you can use lists, and then Mm. it's fine. You're not painting an erotic, it's just odd. It is odd. But here's the thing. This is coming in a book, which the entire point of the book, women have been told, you know, make sure that you have sex with them even if you don't want to because the way that you wake up with your baby in the middle of the night, he also needs sex. So make sure you're giving him sex Mm -hmm. and make sure that it's the hottest sex you can possibly imagine because that's what God wants you to do and make sure that you're showing him your boobs enough and make sure that you flash your boobs. Make sure that you're sending him, like, and he doesn't make sure, but you can send him sexy photos so that he's neurologically more likely to not want to look at other women right like there's all these things that women have to do to make life ridiculously easy and sex filled for men Mm -hmm. and then he even takes women's makeup brushes yes the thing that many women use to make themselves feel feminine and have some me time in the morning when they're like i have a long day ahead of me but i am going to look good Mm -hmm. you know and even that it's like Put it on his balls. Yes. You know? So, like, it, it's just its just so entitled. In yeah, It would be one thing to say, hey, side note, staph infections are a thing. So, yeah. please don't use something that's yeah. going to go on your wife's eyes on your ball sack. <laughs> I know. Like, it's interesting. He's mentioning a soft scarf or a makeup brush on his testicles. So, soft scarf. He doesn't say soft tie or silk tie. He says soft scarf. Like, yeah. or, or even pocket like a, a silk square. A, a silk pocket square like like he has silky soft things yes. that you could use on his testicles but no you're supposed to take something that's expensive that she owns yeah exactly and put it on his testicles it's like and and i think this is something where when i read this what came to mind for me is oh it's just that men literally feel entitled to use literally anything in the house, even mm-hmm. if it belongs to their spouse, mm-hmm. for their own sexual pleasure. Yeah, because yeah. everything is a sexual yes space for men. Mm-hmm. If this had been written, we're like, hey, you know what? If you want to try something spicy, go to the dollar store after work, pick up some little makeup brushes, like go to the fabric store, find some fabrics that you find nice and soft and try out different things. That, zero problems. Yeah. But there is this pervasive mentality that everything is fair game for him. Mm-hmm. To the point that our marriage bestsellers and sex bestsellers literally don't even use the word consent. Yes. Like, it's so much a yes space for men. Women don't even need to say yes yeah. for men to have yeah. sex. And like, again, in our book, The Great Sex Rescue, we surveyed 20,000 women to find out which evangelical messages hurt 
or helped women's marital and sexual satisfaction. And we reviewed um, the top 10 marriage bestsellers and six iconic sex books. And in those books, the word consent was never mentioned. Mm-hmm. It was, however, mentioned in the top selling secular book that was yeah. our control book. Because secular people do tend to understand that, you know, you are mm-hmm. not entitled to someone else's body, even if you are married to them, because mm-hmm. that's called rape. Yes. And so, and so again, we are not against using makeup brushes no! anywhere you want to use them. <laughs> Feathers, like seriously, have fun, explore. The problem is when you just assume that he can take Something that is hers that is really expensive. Yeah, makeup brushes are expensive. When we've created this culture where sex is seen as something that is for men, Mm -hmm. not for women, how something affects women can just simply not be thought. Yeah. It can just be completely out of your mind, right? No one thinks this, "Mm, how is this going to affect the woman involved, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's only about his penis. No, testicles. His well, a shaft. Well, you got the silk scarf on a shaft. Oh no, no, no! You're right. The silk scarf and makeup brush are both on on the testicles. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. And like again, like dry cleaning costs. Like these <laughs> things, you know, these things should be thought of. And also, like again, we don't mean to be nitpicky, but mm-hmm. like the problem for me is not that they don't mention literally every single thing. Mm-hmm. Is that they don't have this in just like a bullet point list of things to idea. It's like he is actively, it seems to me as the reader that the goal reading through this, if you read the paragraphs before and after too, is that the goal is to get you aroused so that you like the idea of doing this. And so if mm-hmm. you get a guy reading a book actively aroused, what is he going to do? Mm-hmm. He's going to go to the bathroom and then try it out. Yeah. Right? Versus if it was just a list where it's like some things you can try for sensory play. Feathers, makeup brushes, silk scars. Like that's not going to be like a, I have to do this right now. Yeah. I must and do the cheap sex makeup thing. brushes. I would yeah. have specified cheap makeup brushes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. But-, <laughs> but like the problem is like this is written in a way where it's like I could totally see someone just going and being like I have to try this right now. Mhm. And yeah. And in the very next paragraph. So this in the context of this is he's teaching women how to um, give a hand job. Mhm. And in the very next paragraph i'll just read it it's difficult to describe how grateful your husband can be for something special every now and then unasked for but eagerly given whether it's a part of foreplay or an act on its own growing in your understanding of how his penis responds to your touch is a key to his heart and will often create a husband who is so happy he married you it will be difficult for him not to brag to his friends about why and that is, and I will say, Gary's been called out for that particular line. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he responded to it saying like, well, it was just a joke. It's just a saying. It's not an okay saying. It's not an okay yeah. joke. Because this makes sex not a safe space for women. No, and that is soon, so gross. As soon as you're insinuating that he is going to tell his friends. Or he's going to want to. Or he's going to want to tell his friends about the intimate details of your sex life. The sex is no longer a safe space for her. No, it's because you're a porn star then. Yeah. It's because it's like, oh my gosh, you won't believe how hot my wife is. And again, in the same book, he says... He praises women who send naked photos, photos and, yeah. and naked photos because then neurologically their husbands will be drawn to their naked bodies instead. Yeah. Which is course. absolute bullcrap, by the way. Yeah, not scientific and no. and actually actually it's a it's a big misunderstanding because when you objectify women, <laughs> guess what? At least to more objectification of yeah. women. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so but this is taking away the safe space for women. And yeah. and as we're talking about libido this month, this is what I want us to see is there's so many ways 
in which we make sex not a safe space for women, and yet we do make it a safe space for men, and then we wonder why women don't want sex. Yeah, and again, not safe space, a yes space. They're two different things. It should be a safe space for both. A yes yes space is different than a safe space. Yes, I am sorry. Because the point of a yes space is that you're supposed to grow out of it. So like Mm -hmm. a year ago, we had a lot more cupboards locked than we do now because Alexander has learned there are some things that I'm not allowed to touch. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But like when he was one and a half, he didn't have that capacity to know. Right? Mm -hmm. We have some things that he can now have access to that he can't that he couldn't before because he's now safer the thing is that it seems that for men in these books they never have to grow Mm -hmm. like for example let's talk about the infamous love and respect example okay right like let's take it outside of sex now okay okay Okay. so love and respect emerson eggers tells this just bafflingly awful example of his own marriage. Uh, yeah, and he uses it several times in the book. Like, he really actually bizarre. brings it up, like, three different times. And apparently like, he's it's in the proud video. of this? Yeah, apparently it's in the video series, too. So they use this as an illustration quite and a lot. And I just look at this and I'm like, wow, what a man-child. Like, yeah. when I look, Anyway, so he, what he, he tells this, this story about how, you know, he leaves wet towels on the bed and he and his sons can't even be bothered to put their trash in the trash bin yeah, and so throw they it from candy, across the room. Candy wrappers on the floor, crumbs on the counter, wet like, towels on but the But, like, bed. the crumbs, the candy wrappers beside the trash can. Like, they just threw it Mm -hmm. and couldn't be bothered to walk five feet and put it in the garbage can because well mom will pick it up right right Mm -hmm. and so then of course sarah egrich talks to emerson egrich about this and says hey can you stop putting your wet towels on the bed don't put your wet towels Mm -hmm. on please pick up your garbage please like wipe off the counter when you're done just very basic things Mm -hmm. and the response that egrich has is she goes away for a week and when she comes back do you miss me and he and the boys were like well it was nice to not be nagged all the time. Mm-hmm. So in essence, it was like, no, we didn't miss you because you're just such a nag for asking us to do literally what my two-year-old is now taught to do. He puts things in the garbage can and he puts his towel in the hamper. Yeah. My two-year-old does this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. this is not hard stuff. And so the, this is the problem is we're expecting men to be able to do whatever the heck they want, never, ever actually grow, and mm-hmm. women have to pick up the slack. Because yeah. the moral of that story was Sarah learned how to be more respectful. And she just took care of it because it wasn't that big and a deal anyway. And she stopped asking. And, and remember, too, he was encouraging his sons to disrespect their mother. Oh, because yeah. the sons were doing the same thing. And they had fun when Sarah was away. Mm-hmm. And then she learned not to ask him or the sons yeah. to clean up after themselves. So so this, this comes from childhood. This yeah. starts super young. So and, and this is, again, this is the biggest used marriage study in North American churches is teaching men that it's okay to leave wet towels on the bed and you can get upset at your wife if she asks you to stop. Um, (laughs) Like, I can't think of a better example of a yes space. So he gets to do whatever he wants, even if it inconveniences the wife, Mm -hmm. and she's not allowed to speak up about it. Yep. And by the way, again, yes spaces are not supposed to be for children, for uh, like teenagers. Yes. They're not supposed to be for older children. Mm -hmm. Yes spaces are for infants and toddlers. Mm Mm-hmm. And like very, very young children. Yeah. And so the fact that these men who want to have complete control over their wives, who want to be the leaders of the family, who Mm -hmm. want to like have all the authority in the church are also like, and by the way, everything has to revolve around me and my balls. Like, (laughs) it's just ridiculous. It's like, which one is it? You get to choose one. And then at the same time, they wonder why women have no libido. Yes. Okay. So. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Okay. 
So let's 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 take the wet towels thing, and we're going to move. It's a similar it's a similar story. Um, to go back to married sex, there's another really good example. Oh my gosh, yes. So this is from a section of the book where they're talking about making sex into a routine and prioritizing it more. And here's how the section starts. Erica has four young children, and she calls her care for them a 24-hour-a-day job. Her husband, Timothy, helps, but he works outside the home, which means decisions throughout the day tend to fall on her shoulders alone. Mm. Becca, would you please reread the first phrase there? Erica has four young children. Was it an immaculate conception, Becca? All four of them. (laughs) This is the most infuriating thing. This is so infuriating. <laughs> this is, and also, I love how it, the subtle passive aggressive, she calls her care for them a 24 hour job. Timothy helps, so it's not really a 24 hour job, but she thinks it's a 24 She yeah. calls it a 24 hour job. Or, I, but, but again, okay, it is not helping to look after your own children. Oh, I agree. But look at how passive aggressive this whole thing is. Erica yeah. has, Erica had the children. It was her choice, and she thinks it's a 24 hour day job, even though her husband helps. Silly Erica. Well, Poor Timothy's married to Erica with four kids who can't keep up with them, even though it's mm-hmm. her job. And Timothy and works outside the house and does more than his fair share because he's helping when he comes home. And and and, so. and, and the, the way this is framed is that the couple isn't having enough sex. Yeah. And again, I don't know if that's how Gary actually sees it, but this is so common of a mentality mm-hmm. that it's the woman's job. And wow, what a great guy if you do more than your nine to five. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what Gary wanted yeah. to write here. And one of the big issues with yes spaces. So he he actually goes in for the next couple of paragraphs. He actually goes in and explains mental load a little bit, which he does not, not in a bad way. Yeah. Like he explains how, how Erica is carrying all of the mental load of all the decisions for the family. Yeah, he doesn't this, use the word mental load. No. And this is causing her to really lose her libido. And so they were talking about how, you know, to, to help her look forward to sex. Because she's yeah. the problem here because she's not looking forward to sex. So yeah. it's like, how do we get her to boost her libido to start looking forward to sex? And what they come up with is he is going to take on all of the mental load for one day yeah. on Fridays so that they can have more sex. And we're going to get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot you want to say about that. But I just, I just want to talk about the concept of mental load here for a minute. Because one of the big ways, and and the person who really popularized this was Eve Rodsky in her book, Fair Play. Really good book. I I looked at that um, in a whole month. I think it was almost two years ago now. I think it was one of the biggest uh, series we've ever done on the blog, and people love it. I will put a link to the Mental Load podcast and the post there. But she said the point isn't to get everybody doing 50% of no. the stuff or even to try to make sure that everyone's doing an equal amount of everything. That's no. not how you do it. Every family is different. You're all going to be dividing things up. The way that you tell whether you're doing this well is if both people have roughly the same amount of time available to sit down and do nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not how much you're doing that you need to equalize. It's how much downtime you have that you need to equalize. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody, if a guy has the ability to just sit down at night and do nothing, that's a privilege. That's a yes space that she doesn't have exactly. quite often. Now she may. Okay, mm-hmm. you may be in, in, in a household where she does. But if she's running around getting all of the lunches packed for tomorrow's school, and if she's doing the evening dishes, and he's just sitting there mm-hmm. doing very little, 
That means your life is set up for him to have a yes space. Mm-hmm. Like, like the whole house yeah. is a yes space for him. He gets to do what he wants, whereas she doesn't get to do what she wants. And I think a lot of men think that women want to do this stuff. Yeah. Because women do do it. And men don't necessarily do stuff they don't want to do. Yeah, and women spend their time on YouTube looking at meal planning videos. And yeah. And, like, uh, watching house cleaning TikToks. Mm-hmm. And because it's not because, like, in an ideal world, what I would spend my life doing is meal planning and cleaning. It's just mm-hmm. that because we've internalized that someone has to do it and we know the men aren't going to. Mm -hmm. Now, some people really love doing this. Some people feel this is their calling. That is no problem at all. Okay, we're all incredibly jealous. I I I actually really love cooking. I really, really love cooking. This is my time and no one's allowed to bug me But you even found it more stressful than when you had two kids. Yes, I did. I really enjoy it a lot more when I'm doing it for myself. A lot of this stuff is stage of life stuff. Yes, so uh, no one is saying that if you have fun organizing your house, that's weird. I actually do have fun organizing my house. I personally enjoy meal planning. Yeah, so none of that is saying that. But the point is, if one of you has the ability to sit down and do nothing, mm-hmm. while the other one doesn't, yeah. then there's an uneven distribution of load there. Yeah. And quite often, she is carrying most of that load. And the way that we know that is there are lots of studies that have come out that have shown that even among um, households where both people work equal amount of hours outside of the house, mm-hmm. the woman tends to still do about 70% of the at-home work. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like women on average do, oh, I can't remember how many hours exactly it is, but it's almost a full additional workday worth of labor more than their spouse does a week. Yeah. And interestingly, here's, here's a fun stat from the book that we just wrote, She Deserves Better, which is coming out next spring. Um, we looked at beliefs in teenagehood and how that affects how you act today. And when women believe or when teenage girls believe girls talk too much mm-hmm. which is a really it's it's a measure of what we call internalized misogyny so when you think that that boys are better than girls boys men, deserve more than girls the, the yeah. boys deserve more than girls multiple studies academic studies have shown this is a really good measure of internalized misogyny when you believe that as a girl if you grow up and get married and you both work outside the home you are i think it's like twice as likely to do all of the housework. Yeah, we don't know the exact number. So you are yeah. more likely. You Just are more likely. More yeah. likely. Yeah. Might yeah. be. I can, I can never remember the stats. I know yeah. that they were, I know that it was very telling and yeah. we put it in the book. And so like when you believe that men deserve more than women, then you that treat, plays out. that plays out and you treat yourself as less important. And so you will do a lot more of the labor and not expect it of your husband. Yeah. And the reason I think we've gotten in the situation is we had for generations and generations and generations, mm-hmm. a situation where a woman's job was to take care of the home and the man's job was to go out and make a living and bring it home Mm -hmm. right and it wasn't really fair back then either yeah but that's how life was and everyone's saying well it's your job and it's his job and just kind of there's actually a lot of literature that says that 150 years ago men were far more involved in parenting yes that's true but in america in the 50s and 60s yeah 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 but like it's not generations and generations and generations yeah it's like yeah it it was actually a post-world war ii phenomenon like like um because what happened was in the 1800s most families had either a family farm or yeah. a family business. More homesteading kind and of so, situation. Yeah, or, you'd, or you owned the post you, office. Or you were or you, all blacksmiths. Or, yeah. yeah, and so dads were often a lot more involved with kids. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is we had this cultural time where things were much more segregated based on gender in terms yeah. of household duties, and then women entered the workforce, and what should have happened was men should have taken on more quote-unquote women's tasks, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. Yeah. Instead, there was pressure to be awesome boss babe plus a perfect mom. Right. Plus a perfect homemaker. Right. Um, and instead, women just took on even more load on their shoulders. Yep. 
Um, yeah. And and that's that's a problem. And so when we see things like this, Timothy and Erica, or even in places where she doesn't work outside the home, yeah, which you know that was that was my story. I well, I worked in the home, but I didn't mm-hmm. work outside the home. That's your story. Yeah, um, that's Joanna's story. Like like, <laughs> you know. So you see, Erica has four young kids. Mm-hmm. Timothy somehow doesn't. I don't. I don't know why yes. Erica has four young kids. Anyway, um, so er- Erica and Timothy have four young children. Yeah. And she's the primary caregiver because she's home. And that's fine. I was the primary yeah, caregiver. Yeah, I love being the primary caregiver. There is nothing caregiver. wrong with I think that's ideal, Yeah, uh, honestly, if someone can be the primary caregiver. Don't care if it's the man or the woman. No, but. I, but I think it's ideal if somebody can. You know, and I think it's sad that housing prices are so high that often you need two incomes today. Anyway, but the idea shouldn't be that, that when Timothy cares for his kids, he's helping mm-hmm. because he is the father. He's supposed to be caring for the kids. Yeah, it's like, no, being a family is a 24 hour a day job. Yeah. And some people spend eight of those hours at work Yeah, and they spend the other 16 hours at home mm-hmm. helping, doing their bit. And yeah. you're both helping. The yeah. mom's helping and the dad's helping because you're both yeah. helping the end goal of taking care of your family. Right. And so both of them have 24 hour a day jobs. It's just that mm-hmm. only one of them feels the weight of it. And yeah. one of them was willing to slack off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem. So then the, the solution that to this mental load situation that this couple comes up with may very well be working for them, by the way. I yeah. don't want, not casting judgment on this couple. I'm casting judgment on how this might affect other couples. Okay? Yeah, the way this is presented. Yeah. So the idea is, so they're, they're encouraging the couple to have what they call simmering sex so that she is going to spend all day on, Friday. on Fridays thinking about the great sex that they're going to have that night. Yeah. And the way that this happens, do you want to go Yeah, into sure. It? So the way that this happens is they say that, you know, Timothy takes his job to be to separate her from all parenting decisions and household duties as much as possible on Fridays. On Fridays. Which I'm like, that's, that's actually a great practice mm-hmm. to take, uh, to have it scheduled where it's like someone's job to take care of everything so they know what's going on. I think that's a great practice. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a real problem with it only being so that he can get some nookie yes i have a real problem with yes. that being because the problem wasn't that uh anyway, i'll explain what happened then i'll talk about my problems with it mm-hmm. so in essence what they say is that, so now erica gets to take a few more minutes in her shower in the morning mm-hmm. to you know think some sensual thoughts or mm-hmm. make it more sensual she focuses on what she's uh wearing during the day underneath her clothes and on the outside as well she and timothy started sharing some text messages and even on occasion a photo too once again make sure you're sending sexy photos yeah like again it's just really problematic how often sexy photos are just thrown in there like this is what healthy christian couples do yeah and if With you no, don't yeah. are you really hot enough yeah like, let's just that's not do you if really, you if you want to do that yeah. Go for it. We're not saying there's anything wrong. Yeah. We think there's a huge problem with pressuring couples and or also, suggesting that this is the ideal because there are such major safety issues. And also they do mention a safety issue in an asterisk in the yeah, footnotes, the, whereas all the benefits are in the text, blaring and very, yeah. I found it very pressuring to read. I'll mm-hmm. just say that. Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. What uh, they end up doing as well is Timothy would come home a little bit early on Fridays to help with household duties. So he'd take charge so that she could have a couple hours to happen to make any decisions. He would, and then he he said, things took a huge step forward when he started bringing dinner home without asking Erica what she wanted. Right? Okay. And so there's all these things. And then at the end of the day, in essence, she's so relaxed that they can have sex and they feel really great about it. And she enjoys the sex finally. And it's all, Mm -hmm. and it's all great for them. Here's where I have major, major problems. (laughs) Like (laughs) this made me angry when I read it. Okay. This is a band aid on a problem that should not exist. Right. Having kids is stressful. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. Connor and I have a very balanced marriage in terms yeah. of work. I can leave the children and he knows where the diapers are. He knows how to clean everything properly. Mm-hmm. He actually does some things better than I do. I do some things better than he does. You know, like, yeah. but I don't need to worry about him not knowing how to do things. He can meal plan like nothing else. He actually meal plans healthier than I do. Mm-hmm. Like, we are very balanced. It is still incredibly stressful and draining to have children. Yeah. So I can't imagine being in a marriage where this man understands how much work it is and mm-hmm. then only takes it on one night a week, even though the whole weekend is coming up mm-hmm. when he's not at work. Yeah. And additionally, what I just wonder is how long until him helping out on Fridays in order to get sex, which is transactional sex, mm-hmm. let's be honest, because... Mm-hmm. He stops getting sex. Is he going to still keep doing this? Because the reason he's doing this is so that she can have sex on Fridays. Yeah, so that she can get in the mental headspace to to, have sex, to to enjoy sex, to think about sex, to have this simmering sex. This story is not, they went to see a counselor. Timothy understood how much is on his wife's plate. And he said, holy crap, I am dropping the ball. I am so sorry that I have Mm -hmm. failed you like this. And then he took on more. And as a natural response, her libido heightened. That's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is your wife doesn't want sex. Make sure you bring home pizza on Fridays. Like... And make Mm -hmm. sure you take care of the kids and do bedtime once a week. Like, that's Mm -hmm. literally because Gary puts a caveat here that says, guys, don't assume that your wife's hindrances are identical to Erica's. Maybe your wife doesn't mind making decisions and would be offended if you didn't ask her opinion about what to bring home for dinner. I have a thought on that as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe kissing her kids goodnight puts her in the mood to connect with the father of those children. The key is to figure out what turns on your spouse and what turns them off and then start to simmer accordingly. And I have thoughts on this. Because here's the thing. This means that his idea of what Timothy was doing was putting his kids to bed, picking up dinner, and like, I guess, cleaning out the lunch boxes and doing literally one seventh. Mm -hmm. And one of the easier days because the kids are out school. Mm-hmm. Like, Saturdays are really hard. Sundays are really hard. What's he doing then? Mm-hmm. What's he doing then? And also, the idea that, like, women are just this crazy people who they get so offended. You bring the wrong thing home and they get so offended. It's like, women are not insane. Mm-hmm. If they're mad or offended, there's probably a reason. Like, maybe you've been bothering her about how she needs to, like, get healthy and you need to get healthy. And then you bring home KFC. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or maybe, or, maybe, or like, maybe you're trying to get your kids to eat more vegetables and you bring home pepperoni pizza or something. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. maybe you bring home something that one of your kids really doesn't like to eat. And so now she's going to be dealing with the temper tantrum. Or mm-hmm. maybe she's stressed out about money and you go home and bring a whole thing of Chinese food instead of making a $10 meal from scratch at home because you can't be bothered yeah. to figure out how to cook. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay? So also, I'm sorry, this, this <laughs> thing bothers me. Okay. This is the whole idea of the yes spaces for men. It's like, wow, you get such a pat on the back for bringing home takeout you know what happens if a woman brings home some freaking takeout once in a while she gets told you didn't do enough she gets told haven't you thought about the budget she gets told but does there enough vegetables in that mm-hmm. what happens if a man brings home takeout on the one freaking night that he is supposed to cook yeah what a great husband you better reward him in bed honey wow what an amazing dude he can order a pizza yeah. what an amazing guy he's got uber eats on his phone what a fantastic dad you know what a fantastic dad freaking does yeah he actually knows how to do things to take care of his kids. Mm-hmm. Again, there is nothing wrong with your job being to take to pick up pizza on Friday nights if that's what you've decided. Yeah. But this, uh, this, and again, that might be great for Timothy and Erica. Mm-hmm. 
I don't care about their couple. What I care about is the women who are drowning because there's a they, everyone's on a budget, okay? You can't afford to order in multiple times a week if you're a normal family. And so if the husband is in charge of one meal a week and he gets to do the expensive one, yeah. what the freaking heck? Then she never gets to order in on her nights where she's supposed to cook. Yeah. You know what we do in our family? Whoever cooks the most nights that week gets to decide if we're going to order out or not. Yeah. And the other person has to cook. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. Okay? Connor cooks on weekends and I cook during the during the week and when we switch off for work when Connor's on and I'm working, then mm-hmm. he he cooks during the week and he gets to decide if we order in on Wednesdays and mm-hmm. I cook on the weekends. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn fair. Not everyone has to do that. But the reason that we did that was because we understood that the mental load of ordering a pizza is almost nothing. Right. There's no dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no decisions right and, to and, and remember, too, like, if someone orders in when there's stuff in the fridge that needs to get eaten today, yeah. or there's leftovers that need to get eaten today, or you really, you're, you know, you're trying to use up the food that's in the fridge just as a budget thing, and someone orders in, that actually can end up costing you more than just the yeah. the cost Which, of the meal. again, for Eric and Timothy, if the news is going to happen every Friday, might not be an issue. Right. But this is what's said so often to couples, mm-hmm. is he's such a great husband that he brought you home food from work. Yeah. There was a really funny post by a blog, The Generous Husband, who often does really oh my word this killed me so he does these 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 it's it's not worth reading it honestly isn't it's quite um it's quite it's quite a slanted view of sex in in men's favor but he did this really funny post um on thanksgiving like on the thursday before thanksgiving where it says guys you know your wife is going to be so busy tomorrow cooking you know be be a hero for her and and order pizza tonight not do all the dishes not Ask her how you can help. Not, not not be involved in cooking the turkey tomorrow. Yeah, not say, you know what, honey, you do this every every year. And you know what? I'm a capable grown adult yeah. who can Google. Yeah. And I'm going to take care of the turkey this year. And if it fails, it's on me. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah. that's not what he does. He's like, order a pizza the night before. Not even cook a meal for your wife so that you know yeah. she can relax and you make her favorite meal for her to say thank you for the work that she's yeah. going to do so like and and so all of this is to say that so much of our, our advice we don't even realize how slanted it is towards men like yeah. like erica has four children i can't i can't imagine anything that is more slanted in men's favor so the kids are hers, and it's expected that she is going to care for the kids. Yeah. And he when, can't even be expected to cook a meal. And when he brings home dinner when one night a week, this is an amazing thing. Um, again, I have no problem with a woman taking on primary role no. of caregiving. Like I said, I did that. You did that. Joanne yes. was doing that. I, we're all in favor of that. I loved it. It was the favorite thing I've ever done in my life. Okay. So, and I feel not, really privileged to be able to know not everyone can even people really want to like, that's, yes. a, that's a privilege. That's not a like judgment thing. That's a, yes. some people have the privilege to do it and some people don't. Right. Um, so we're not, we're not saying that we're just saying that how you tell whether, whether everything is done to the benefit of both and that you're not favoring one is whether both of you have equal downtime. But I also would say, like, I know that's Eve's thing. Yeah. I think the other, I do want to add another one. Okay. It's only equal if everyone can do every task. Yes, I would agree. You because, have to be able to step in. Yeah, because even if I have, if Connor and I both have two hours off every evening, say we do. We don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say we both have two hours off every evening, okay? Mm-hmm. Then if I know that, like, 
my spouse can't handle a lot of the daily tasks or doesn't know how to do it, so it's going to be more work for me if I if I leave. I can never leave. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm, I'm tied down. Even if I have free time, I'm tied down. Mm-hmm. I know for me, that was what was so psychologically difficult about nursing. Yeah. Right? Like, I, when I can go three hours between nursing sessions, it is a game changer for me. Right. Because I'm not tied down in the same way anymore. And then when my kid weans, that's going to be amazing yeah. as well. I love nursing, but yeah. goodness, I'm looking forward to having my life back. But this is what happens over and over again, is we've created this culture where what's most important is that men have it easy. Mm-hmm. And we see this over and over again. We see this in that really just, I'm sorry, but just stupid Gospel Coalition um, Instagram reel yeah. about how wives, you need to support your husband so he can do the risky work of being a husband and a leader of getting the kids ready for church. Yeah. And I'm like, in but, what? But, but she's already doing that. The yeah. insinuation is she is doing that on her own. If you want him to do it, she has to respect him. So the yep. idea is women are always the default, but we need to create these yes spaces for men. Yep. And and I, okay, so let's, let's turn this back to sex for a minute because I have quite a few more things I want to say about sex, okay? okay? The other big yes space, <laughs> the mm-hmm. big, big yes space we have when it comes to sex is orgasm. Yes. In that... It's always assumed that he is going to have an orgasm. Our and it's ser- not assumed that she will, but it is assumed. Right. So the difference in a yes space and it just being about him is that it is assumed that she will make sure he gets an orgasm, mm-hmm. but it is not assumed the other way. That's right. how we know that it's a yes space for men because he can go into sex knowing she's going to do it for him mm-hmm. without feeling the pressure to do it for her. So again... 47 point orgasm gap yeah. that we found, right? 95% of men almost always or always reach orgasm compared to just over 48% of women. So let's see how this plays out. Um, there, there was a huge war in the comment section on the blog, <laughs> probably about two years ago, and I turned it into a post where what I was arguing is that we need to make sure that she reaches orgasm, mm-hmm. okay? And and whatever it takes for her to get there should be the priority yeah. because he's going to reach orgasm anyway. And he said... This man was arguing that this was slanted towards women. Yeah, this is and really unfair. If you're going to be fair, half the time you should do what she wants and half the time you should do what he wants. Yes. So, and I kept pointing out, if you do that, he orgasms 100% of the time and she orgasms 50% of the time. Yeah. That's not fair. That's not fair. But he was arguing that if we always do what she wants, he orgasms 100% of the time and she orgasms 100% of the time and that's slanted towards women. Yeah. Because, again, the point of all the advice that we've been given, even from as young as when we're dating and mm-hmm. we're told you need to put on the brakes because he can't be expected to. Literally, yeah. a man is not expected to be able to say no even from as young as 13 years old on his first date. Yes. Okay? Like, this starts early. Mm-hmm. Men are taught to be entitled because that is what a yes space is. Toddlers yeah. are allowed to be entitled. Mm-hmm. My son is allowed to be entitled to a safe space for him. He's two and a half years old. Mm-hmm. He's not old enough to consider other people's um, other people's perspectives yet. Right. You know, he's allowed to be entitled. Yeah. A 28-year-old man is not allowed to be entitled. Yes. But this happens so early as these men are raised to believe I should never have to sacrifice pleasure or anything that I want or fun for the well-being of my spouse. Mm-hmm. It's only good if it's also good for me. Yeah. In the perfect way. So unless I'm getting 100%, mm-hmm. it's not okay. It's not okay for me to get 80% and for her to get 80%. Mm. It has to be 100% and her getting 40% is better than both of us getting 80%. Yeah. And that is a major problem. Mm-hmm. That is a major problem. And this is something that I hear from so many people. Even even the people on the blog where 
you know, we hear from women who say, I really don't want to use hormonal birth control because it makes me really, really ill. Yeah. You know, it makes me feel terrible, but he won't use a condom because it makes sex not feel as good for him. Yeah. And so I'm on the pill and I'm no libido and I'm depressed and suicidal. And it's like, okay, for <laughs> pity's sake, men. Yes. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Condoms do not, do not take away pleasure very much. No. It, it takes away minimum sensation. Um, I have a friend who is slightly older than me, who went through cancer treatment recently. And when they went through cancer treatment, um, he had to start using condoms again because which they hadn't done for like 30 years. And he's like, the difference today is unbelievable. Yeah. Like you can barely feel it's like them. they're yeah. not plastic. Because <laughs> when you have radiation, you, yeah. just, you just need to, um, as that's what their doctor was recommending. And he couldn't believe how, yeah. how different they are. Like, like the, But the idea that men will not even take a marginal decrease in pleasure, convenience, or fun mm-hmm. in order to drastically change their wife's experience. Yeah. And that's what I have a major problem with. Yeah. I just have this major problem because it's so unnecessary. It's yeah. so unnecessary. I do not believe that men are inherently less competent, less capable, or less altruistic than women. No, they are I do not believe that. And we've been socialized to create a universe in which men don't have to be any of those things. They don't actually have to be mm-hmm. as competent as they could be because there's always a woman to pick up the slack. They don't yeah. actually have to be as altruistic as they could be because, well, she's going to take care of you anyway and she's not going to leave because she's been socialized not to. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I know a lot of people, especially men who think that we hate men, which <laughs> there are many of them who yes. think that, are going to say this is incredibly unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not right for him to have to give up stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. this isn't a ridiculous, you can find another way. I'm like, okay, say that you're working as a server in a restaurant, okay? And it's you and two other people who are supposed to split up the tips at the end and the manager hands out the tips. And there's $40 tips, you're supposed to get about $13. You don't know this. And right. the manager has a crush on you and gives you $20 of tips and gives the other two people who they find ugly only $10 of tips. Right. Right? It's not about your performance. It's mm-hmm. not about anything. It's just about how they, they just, they're just going to give it to you. Yeah. And then you find out this is happening and your coworkers find out this is happening. What's the fair thing to do? Mm-hmm. The fair thing to do is to only take your share of the tips and to actually probably pay back <laughs> yeah. the other ones who you took their rightful money that they worked for. Yeah. You know, you took it. You didn't know that you did. But it was unfair. It's going to feel painful when Mm -hmm. you've gotten used to privilege. If your budget had an extra $7 a shift Mm -hmm. that you're no longer going to have. Yeah. You know, it's going to feel unfair because you Mm -hmm. never should have been given that extra $7 in the first place. What's that quote? When you're used to privilege, equality feels like oppression. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is that you were never actually entitled to the extra $7. Mm -hmm. You were given that even though it wasn't yours. Yeah. It was never yours. And so it was never your entitlement to mm-hmm. be in a situation where even if you and your spouse both work outside the home, you always come home to a hand cooked to a home cooked meal and you never do the home cooking. It's not an entitlement to always have laundry folded and put away for you mm-hmm. and never to do the laundry yourself. You are not entitled to always have sex the exact way that you want it, the exact way that you want right now, and to use whatever you want, even if it belongs to your wife, to mm-hmm. make it spicier. You're not entitled to that, yeah. you know? Now, that doesn't mean any of those things are bad. Yeah. It might work for your family that one person does the cooking. Again, but it's not an entitlement. And you don't get brownie points mm-hmm. for taking on what you would have to do on your own if you were a single person. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to say is, why is it that our Christian men are expected to do less than single men who are living in bachelor pads. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are so many studies that show that when women get married, they take on more labor, and when men get married, they reduce the amount of labor they do. Yep. This is 
a systemic and issue. again i know we're i know we're talking about mental health, but we're framing this about libido this month we're trying to figure out why women have no libido think about this stuff exactly <laughs> think about this stuff okay yeah. i want to i want to keep on the sex thing okay for i'm sorry i keep on going off track it's just the mental load thing is so tied oh, it honestly libido. is it honestly is i think i think it's the biggest i, I think, think it so is too. the biggest element for so many women okay but here's another example so the guy who was arguing that we should we should do sex half the time what he wants and half the time what she wants even though he's going to orgasm all the time another way this plays out is in the conversation about oral sex Mm -hmm. and i find this all the time i want to read to you and i'm just going to warn you this is a terrible quote okay so this might be triggering this is mark this is mark driscoll a boy mark (laughs) and you know what we could have beaten up on him more in the great sex rescue we so bad we deliberately decided not to because we thought he was done yeah. Like we thought, well, he's been disgraced. You know, he 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 was well, fired also, from Mars Hill. Frankly, his book was not popular enough no, for it to meet a, our, our. He's a nobody. Quotas. We thought he was a nobody. Well, and he yet, is a nobody. He's just nobody with a weird cult following. But he still has this huge cult following, and he still he still speaks at EXO Marriage. Dave and Ashley Willis from Naked Marriage share a stage with him, and Dave and Ashley Willis are huge. Yeah. Less and Leslie Parrott endorsed Mark Driscoll. They haven't taken that endorsement back, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yeah, please. I like, mean, tweet them. Let them ask them. Like all kinds of people have still john piper have still supported john piper is not surprising though no i know but like they 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 haven't taken back their endorsements and um even last month matt chandler and mark driscoll both presented at the same conference yeah and it's like no if we want you know we're talking about abusers in the sbc and if i know mark driscoll isn't necessarily sbc but like if you're gonna get rid of abusers we need to start saying we're not gonna platform them anymore and so if you're giving them a platform or if you're sharing a platform with them when you could do something different then you are actually perpetuating abuse anyway unless you said from the stage in essence like hey i don't agree with mark driscoll and i think that he's actually a bad person yeah or like honestly if i were asked to speak at a conference where all of the speakers were terrible but they were letting me speak i would we as long as I could call everyone out, and, yeah, we, and we would not advertise it either. Yeah. Okay. So here is here is a quote from Mark Driscoll. Okay. How uh, this is from a sermon in Edinburgh, and and here's what he said: She, the wife, says, "I've never performed oral sex on my husband. I've refused to." I said, "You need to go home and tell your husband that you've met Jesus and you've been studying the Bible and that you're convicted of a terrible sin in your life, and then you need to drop his trousers and you need to serve your husband. And when he asks why, say, because I'm a repentant woman. God has changed my heart and I'm supposed to be a biblical wife." She says, "Really?" I said, "Yeah. 1 Peter 3 says if your husband is an unbeliever to serve him with deeds of kindness." Can I just say that that is one of the most disgusting like the ways he's supposed to like I'm a repentant woman is so the most disgusting misogynistic power trip fetish that I've ever heard. Yeah. No, I don't is. even care. You can get mad at me, Mark. I don't care. I think that's a misogynistic power fetish. Yeah. Disgusting. Absolutely. Um, situation. But, but here's the thing. Okay. And I know Mark, Mark is an extreme example of this. But when we talk about oral sex, so often what we're talking about is how to convince her to give it to him. Yeah. Because he's the one who wants it. And yeah. so how do we convince her to give it to him? And we see a lot of really weird kind of like conversations around this, even from more nuanced people. Well, yeah, well, I was listening to a, a podcast by Deborah Felita and Gary Thomas, who wrote Married Sex. They, when, when the book came out, they, they had a podcast on oral sex, which was actually fairly well yeah. done. Okay. So they were saying, look, she, she has a lot more risk with oral sex. There's things that happen <laughs> when she performs it's oral sex. It's just more uncomfortable It's more, it can be more uncomfortable. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to pressure her to do something. You never want to pressure someone to do something that's against their conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 
you always want to think about the other person. And so you don't ever want to insist, which is all very, very good. That was all fantastic. That was all fantastic. like, great job, guys. Here's the issue I have, though. When we frame the oral sex conversation as how, you know, what if someone wants oral sex and the other person yeah, just doesn't? Just a fun and way we, to spice things up. And, and, the fun, and, we, and we frame it as an equal thing for genders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we miss out on the fact that for him, this is something fun that he might want to supplement their love life. Mm-hmm. For her, it might be the main thing. Yeah. Because what we found is that the majority of women do not reach orgasm through intercourse alone. The majority of women need a lot of foreplay. And the majority of women can reach orgasm easier through oral sex than they can through intercourse. So when we say that, you know, well, you know, oral sex is optional. And I do think it's optional. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is optional. But... We also need to say, guys, you need to make sure she's orgasming. And and when we treat it like, well, this is the same. You know, he wants to spice things up. She wants to spice things up. She may not want to spice things up. She, she might, may like, just want to orgasm. She just, it's not about spice. It's not about turning up the heat. It's just about turning the freaking burner on. Yeah. Okay. Like, like and, 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 and this is, again, where we're prioritizing his orgasm because it's assumed you know, everyone knows he's going to orgasm whether you perform oral sex or not. Yeah. She isn't. And so when we talk about oral sex, the priority shouldn't be figuring out how to make sure she's comfortable giving it to him mm-hmm. it should be okay before we even talk about this let's make sure she can orgasm yeah let's figure like, out the that's, orgasm gap. that's that's the first thing we're gonna talk about before we talk about whether we're gonna have oral sex we gotta make sure first of all she's orgasming that's such an important question because making sure that we're on equal playing field mm-hmm. is one of the first things we have to do to dismantle that yes space that we've created as yeah. a culture for men yeah is it's not about focusing on him it's not even about elevating her over him it's about as a couple making sure that you're both experiencing the benefits that you should be experiencing and that might mean that she gets a little bit more attention Mm -hmm. but that's not unfair because the end goal Mm -hmm. is that you are equal right yeah it's that idea of there's there's this um a graphic that goes around all the time about the difference between equality and equity Mm-hmm. Right? So you have four people trying to watch a baseball game. One of them is six foot tall. One of them is five foot tall. One of them is four foot tall. And one of them is two feet tall. Yeah. Give them all the same box. And the four foot and the two feet tall people still can't see over the fence. Right. You give them all different boxes. The six foot tall person doesn't need a box. He can see. Five foot tall needs one box. One yeah. one foot. Four feet tall needs two feet. And two feet tall needs a four foot box. Yeah. And you know what? Now they're now it's actually equitable. Mm-hmm. Now they can actually see. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to aim for here. It's not about, well, if she gets to have a four foot box. And I, the six foot tall dude, should also have a four foot box. No, because then you're actually 10 feet tall and the people behind you can't see anymore. Yeah. You don't need a box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is what we're saying is we need to stop centering everything on men. Mm-hmm. And we just need to say, hey, both of us matter. Yeah. We're not asking anyone to center it on women. We're saying, let's make sure yeah. <laughs> that things are fair. And that may mean, yeah, she's going to get a little bit more attention when it comes to foreplay because he's got nine, he's going to orgasm regardless, pretty mm-hmm. much. She's not. And can I say, we've heard from a lot of like different women who have figured out the orgasm piece over the mm-hmm. years, right? And a lot of people have found that it's really hard at the beginning. And mm-hmm. the more you learn how your body works, it does get easier too. Yes. So yes. like if you're in a position where you've been married for seven years and she's never had an orgasm, mm-hmm. put in the work. Yeah. You know, figure it out. But it's probably not going to take, like maybe it might take an hour and a half for the first time she orgasms of yeah. like mm-hmm. intense 
tantric foreplay, yeah. right? Yeah. Whatever, you know, do your thing. Um, but it, it, it's unlikely to take an hour and a half every single time. It likely is going to get easier and easier. Yeah. And so after you guys have figured out a good rhythm, then you can talk about ways to spice things up, ways mm-hmm. to try new things, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that even helps on her orgasm journey. You don't know. Try out stuff. But the problem is just that we have to make sure. The goal is not that he has sex where he doesn't have to be disappointed that it wasn't 100%. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm saying is the goal for the couple needs to be that both of you are getting to the same place. Yes. And this shouldn't be rocket science. It shouldn't be rocket science. But that's why it's inappropriate to tell men, you know, just use her makeup brushes. (laughs) It's inappropriate to tell men as long as you bring home dinner on Fridays, then she'll finally have sex with you. You know, like it's in, and I know that's an oversimplification. I do know that's an oversimplification. Mm -hmm. The problem is that I'm reading these things, thinking about the effect that it has on the women in those marriages. Mm -hmm. How how does this affect the woman whose husband is not thoughtful Mm -hmm. because he hasn't ever learned that he has to be. He's not considerate and he ruins her things and maybe he does want to use her things Mm -hmm. in bed and that makes her feel gross and she's like, I don't want to. Can she say no after reading this? Can she say no when she's married to someone who's been raised in an environment that's teaching him he only ever gets to hear yes? I want to leave with the conclusion to married sex because I think this this summarizes a lot of the problem. Mm -hmm. So at the very end of the book, Gary Thomas is talking about how Yes, we shouldn't talk about obligation sex. Yes, which he does not cite. He does not cite. But anyway, we shouldn't shouldn't talk about obligation sex. We all know obligation sex is wrong. But at the same time, sex should feel like a sacrifice sometimes. And it gives Mm -hmm. the example of getting up in the middle of the night to feed a newborn. So he explains, first of all, how women or how the low libido spouse, which he's been portraying mostly as women, might need to sacrifice. And he talks about how, you know what, if you you need to prioritize sex, you need to have more sex. Like this should be something that you're willing to do. and then he's t- he turns to husbands and how are they supposed to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. So so women sacrifice by having more sex mm-hmm. that they don't necessarily want. And men sacrifice, are you ready? By thinking about what his wife is feeling and how he can make her feel better. And he recognizes her natural fears and reassures her of her beauty. He knows she has limited energy, so he does his best to help out. He empathizes with what she's feeling with the children pawing at her all day. So basically he does the bare minimum of what yeah. a decent human does. Yes, so, he is, I want to, I'm sorry, I know you're skipping this line. I want to read this one. Okay. He is able to say life isn't easy for you, so he seeks to make it a little better to help ease her concerns rather than add to her burdens. A little better. Mm-hmm. Why a little? Yeah. It's just, it's such a small thing, but this is something where it's a little better. Connor doesn't try to make my life a little better. He tries to make it better. Yeah. I don't try to make Connor's life a little better. Connor, you would have been at a four without me. I'd love if you could make it to a 5.7. Yeah. No, like, exactly. no I want to no. be a 10. So, so, so the way that he sacrifices is he makes sex good. He, he makes sure that sex is pleasurable for her. Mm-hmm. And he reassures her about her beauty. And he tries to help out a little bit about around the house. So these are all things that he should be doing anyway. Yeah. These are not sacrifices. Yeah. These are things he should be doing anyway. And she should be prioritizing sex anyway as well. Right. But yes. the problem is that these are not things that are sex related. Right. So we're talking about a and then, sex life. But then, and then we get into the sex. He says this. He says, some wives who read this may think that means he needs to be leaving me alone. But does it? Perhaps at times. But if God designed you to be desired by your husband, adored by your husband, celebrated by your husband, and sexually pleased by your husband, wouldn't sexual compassion motivate him to adopt an approach that allows him to accomplish this in a way that you find inviting and exciting? 
Now, here's the thing. I don't have a single problem with telling people you were designed for pleasure. Yep. I do have a problem with telling women they were designed to be their husband's object of sexual pleasure. Yep. And this is, again, a yes space issue. Yeah, and so he goes on and on about the way that men sacrifice is by doing by doing what they should be doing anyway. Yeah, which is so, not a sacrifice. Which again. is not a sacrifice. And then making sure that you have the kind of sex that your wife wants. That, again, is not, not a sacrifice. sacrifice. So women are supposed to sacrifice, but men are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we actually can talk ourselves out of why men don't have to sacrifice. Like, it really is a problem. Now, I am all for prioritizing the sex life. I am all for creating a sex life which is mutual, pleasurable for both, intimate. Like, absolutely. And if you, again, if you've been having issues with orgasm, get an orgasm course. It really can help take you through all of this. We go into even how to reach orgasm during intercourse. We have a module on that because I know a lot of women are like, well, finally I can reach orgasm through manual stimulation, but I really want the other two. And so we we can help walk you through those things. But so much of this stuff is really the key. It's understanding that sex is for both of you, that this isn't a yes space for men and you just kind of need to work really, 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 really hard and try to catch up without without him ever having to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. No, that's not it. It's that you both need to work at this together, prioritizing you. Yeah. If you're the one who's not reaching orgasm, you get to be the priority. <laughs> And I really think we can get there. I really think we can get to a place where men and women both enjoy sex and both want sex, but we're not going to get there unless we address the fact that we have created a marriage and a sex life, which is basically a yes space for men, where women are always catering to them. And that's a problem. So thank you for letting us rant. Yep. It was fun. It was fun just to have a normal conversation again. Yes, we might do a few more of those this summer. Thank you for joining us on the Bear Marriage Podcast. Pretty soon we will be at bearmarriage.com. Yes. So that transition will hopefully happen really soon. We're excited mm-hmm. about that. So if you suddenly see my name change on Facebook <laughs> and my name change on the blog, that is why. So we're transitioning over to bearmarriage.com because we want to strip away all the bad marriage advice and get to the heart of what God really wants. Remember, you help us so much when you leave a review for this podcast for The Great Sex Rescue, mm-hmm. uh, our book where we where we are trying to right this wrong <laughs> and balance out the scales a little bit. It helps us tremendously. When you give the Great Sex Rescue to pastors or to friends and help them stop seeing sex as such a male entitlement and a female obligation and instead see it as a celebration that you both experience together, (laughs) um, I think we can change that conversation for the church. I think it is changing for the next generation. I'm excited to see that happen. And so thank you for being part of this movement and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye.